G'day guys. In today's episode, we'll discuss all the winners and losers from the weekend of footy. We'll be previewing the last round of the home and away season, player retirements, and a tribute to Cade Simpson. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. One round to go. Can you believe it? It's round 18, shortened season, um, and we're right right at the pointy end now. And there's a few teams that are out of it. There's a few teams still playing for it. So it's uh, it's exciting. It's going to be a very exciting last round. And um, But for this episode, I'm, I'm joined, as always, by the great man, Quinn. How are you, mate? Very good, mate. Very good. You're never going to shake me. I'll always be here. So. <laughs> no, no, I'm... Uh... It's been good. It's been a, it's been an interesting week. Like you said, a lot of teams um, still fighting for a spot. There's been some interesting footy on. It's, it's been enjoyable. It's been enjoyable. It doesn't feel like it's the pointy end of the season just yet. But um, as you said, there's only one more week to go of the home and away. So exciting times. Yeah, it is. It is. It's crazy. I mean, um, you know, the weather's the weather's really nice now in Melbourne, and uh, it definitely feels like it's finals time. And um, it just feels a bit funny. You know, we're we're middle of September and we're still in home and away games, but. Um, but it is. It's it's been yeah. It's gone super quick. Obviously, with the, with the footy frenzy and everything happening, games have been played played so quickly. So it's been a been a very quick season. And uh, well, you could say that. And you know, it did start in March, but there was a three month hiatus. Um, but we have finally reached the end. And um, yeah, then there was some some big results over the weekend, and there was some um, you know teams that knocked themselves out pretty much of playing finals. And there's some teams that have. Um, dropped out of the top four, got into the top four. So it's, it's all been happening. And um, you know, your mob are, are looking in pretty good nick, aren't they? Oh, oh, I'll get into that when we get to the, <laughs> the, uh, the review. But oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'll say that for now. We'll save it for the, for the review. Um, yes. But the, the big talking points, though, throughout the week has been player retirements um, and more notably the, the re- retirement you know, some might say shock retirement of of Cade Simpson. Um, you know, Carlton champion. He's, I think it was his, his 18th season this season. So he's been around a very long time and still playing good enough footy to to go on again next season. But um, the way Carlton are tracking and um, the players that they've got, you know, in that, that position, it's probably the right time for him to to move on and for the club to move forward as hard as it is and um now it's a very sad day and i think uh, the whole footy world can agree that you know probably one of the most loved players in the afl isn't he well he's never never put a foot wrong really has he he's um like you said he's loved by everybody he's one of those all-round players that he never really gives you a reason to hate him so yeah he's in the good books in that sense and like you said he's just such a warrior he's been around for such a long time you know he played with blokes like Kudafidis, you know, and um, David Teague's coach now. So he's been around that long that it's sort of hard not to love him. Yeah, absolute heart and soul of the footy club. Um, he he's, well, definitely is a Carlton great, a champion, a legend. You know, those those words get thrown around a lot to players, but he, he generally epitomises them. Um, you know, he's third all-time games played at Carlton, uh, you know, behind Craig Bradley and, and Bruce Dahl. So he's in some elite company there. Um and for me, he's, he's definitely the most loyal player to ever play the game. Um, just 
considering the Carlton teams that he's been a part of, you know, he's been through a couple of very dark periods with Carlton, um, you know, two or three rebuilds. Um, but he did get to play in some final series and some finals wins, which is which is good. But never got to uh, never got to reach a grand final, which is which is what he was hanging on for. But as a thirty six year old, it's, it is probably time to to walk away and let this let this young Carlton team emerge and, and go to the next level because um, you know the signs are, are there that the, the you know the Blues they're on an upward trajectory and um, it'd be hard to see Simpson being a part of that next flag. So it's probably the right time for him to move on as well as he is going still. Still could have gone on for another year, but um, I think the time is right. But as a Carlton supporter, geez, it was a, it was a very sad day hearing that hearing that news. Um, you know, I'm 27 now and, you know, Cade Simpson debuted when I was 11 years old. So I barely know a Carlton team without Cade Simpson in it. So it's going to be very weird next season um, with him not being there. But, um, but yeah, it, it is very sad. And, um, you know, I'd just like to thank Simo for, for everything he's done for the club. He, he's definitely been, you know, through us, with the whole Carlton supporter base, one of the most favourite players to ever play for Carlton, just with his loyalty and, um, you know, he left everything out in the ground. He was an absolute warrior, um, as tough as they come. For someone so light and fragile, he just put his body on the line every week. Um, so, yeah, you will be Miss Simo. And um, I just hope the next time we do see you is when you, you present us with that Premiership Cup when we finally do it because I think that'll be that'll be something you deserve and something every Carlton supporter would love to see. So um, all the best and, and thanks for the memories. Well said. Well said. I've got nothing really to add to that. That was uh, that was very finely said. Um, and I think when it does come the day that Carlton uh, do get that flag, I'd be very very surprised if he wasn't the one to lift up the cup. I mean, we had our own man who never got the success in Richo, and when he handed the cup over in 2017, it was really special for players, fans, um, you know, everybody. So I think that'll definitely be in Cade Simpson's future. So well, for you, hope it's sooner rather than later. But in saying that, there was a couple of other notable retirees this week. Um, ben Stratton and Paul Popolo from Hawthorne retired. They've got three premierships between them, so they've done some pretty special things as well. Um, haven't been around as long as Simo was, obviously, but they've definitely done some good things in AFL. Um, they'll go down as, you know, Hawthorne, Hawthorne um, life members and, uh, the, you know, the, the success that they've had and all the rest of it is speaks for itself, I guess. But... Um, where, what did you think of those two? I know Paul Popolo was was quite uh quite quite impressive for me because he's such a small man, but he was a little nugget, wasn't he? Yeah, I think both those players were very underrated. Um, maybe not at Hawthorne, but I think in the AFL as a whole, they they sort of went under the radar a bit. I know Brent, Ben Stratton was their captain this year, but um, you know, very unassuming and um, you know didn't didn't say a lot, but um, just so solid down back. Um, you know, one of their most important players down there, and then yeah, Poppy just. Um, you know, it was that that pressure forward and um, just kick goals like a like a like he was meant to do, like a real goal sneak. So, and yeah, as you said, they 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 won three premierships, didn't they? Yeah, so they they were both a part of that yeah. three peat. So, um, yeah, they'll go down as Hawthorne greats, and and um, yeah, I'm sure Hawthorne supporters will um, will be able to talk more about them. But yeah, that, that they'll go down, and I think yeah, I think. Going under the radar a bit with with the Kate Simpson retirement as well. I think they'll, they will go down as greats for for the Hawthorne Footy Club. Um, and then there was a couple more retirees from from Essendon as well. Tom Bell Chambers and and Connor McKenna. Um, I think both both surprising. Do you reckon? 
I think so. Well, Connor McKenna, I think, was the biggest surprise um, as he's still fairly young. Uh, we did actually forget to mention him last week, so we're making up for it by mentioning him today. <laughs> but, yeah, he, uh, I, he, I, he went home for homesickness, if I'm correct in saying that. So probably a little bit surprising there, but considering the year we've had um, and all the struggles players have gone through, you can understand why a player would miss his family and probably want to head back home. Um, and I think he said he wanted to take up Gaelic football again, um, as they do over there in Ireland. So... All the best to Conor McKenna. And, yeah, Tom Bell Chambers, I mean, he was an older bloke, but he, I don't think he was – I mean, I don't watch him too closely myself, but I don't think he was too out of form that he justified being retired. Maybe just his body hit that point or the mental state wasn't there. I'm, I'm not too sure, but definitely surprising. And um, for definitely for Essendon supporters, sad to see him go because he's been around a long time. Yeah, I think he came out um, yesterday and, and said, yeah, his, his body's just cooked. So um, I think that's the thing with Ruckman, um, you know, similar to, to Cruiser last week where – their bodies are just cooked. You know, they they play probably the most physical position on the ground, uh, just constantly getting batted into and run into. So, um, yeah, so I think his body was just cooked and his time was up. So, um, but, yeah, a fair few retirees during the week. So it's it's always sad. It always happens around this time of the year where players announce it. So, um, yeah, so Kate Simpson will be playing his last game this week against Brisbane and um, Stratton Pioplo will be playing their last game this week against Gold Coast. Um, and I'm not sure if Bell Chambers will be playing because he didn't play last week or he might have. I'm not too sure, but um, Essendon play Melbourne this week. So they might be doing a farewell for him as well. So it's uh, it'll be a sad weekend for a lot of supporters um, seeing their, their favourite players retiring. Um, but another big talking point from the, from the week was Elijah Taylor being stood down by Sydney after, a, was it a domestic violence charge? And he's in a WA hotel or Queensland hotel. Is that is that correct? I'm not sure where it took place, but, yeah, it was a domestic violence charge. Um, and I'm glad to see the Swans take action here and do that. Um, I think I do, I do also like the fact that they waited till he was charged by police because I, I don't believe people should run on the premise of guilty until proven innocent. I think it should be the other way around. And once the police charge came through, well, that speaks for itself. And I think the Swans did the right thing by standing him down. But... I know there was a lot of talk, um, you know, wondering were the allegations true, this and that, because, you know, why would you sneak into a hub to see somebody that, you know, was abusive, et cetera, et cetera. But you don't know people's story. And, um, you know, for the police charge to be laid down, obviously he was he was guilty. And I think the Swans and the police have all done the right thing and glad to see, well, I guess, justice be served, as they say. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a no-brainer, that one. Um, had to happen. And, yeah, I mean, he's... I think it was his first year this year, wasn't it? So he's been in the news yeah. this season for all the wrong reasons, which is which isn't great. Um, but yeah, sort of had to be done, and yeah, glad that's been dealt with um, pretty swiftly as well. Um, all right, well, let's get into the games. So round seventeen um, just finished up the other night, um, yeah, and it all started on Thursday night between St Kilda and West Coast at the Gabba. This was huge for both teams. Um, you now the Saints. They, they looked like they were going to win the game late in the court, late in the last quarter, but West Coast just ran all over them, um, and they yeah were led by Tim Kelly, who definitely played his best game for the Eagles. He was huge. He was huge. He was such a highly, um, you know, talented recruit coming over from Geelong and such high expectations. But this was definitely his best game, and it looks like he's finding form at the right time of the season, especially with the Eagles looking like they may, um, or more than likely, will finish outside the top four. Um, so they're going to need all their players playing pretty well to take it all the way. But, yeah, and especially with um, Nick Nat, Palmer Daniel and the way he was doing as well, huge performance from both those players. 
Yeah, they were. Um, yeah, they were. They were super. And yeah, as you said, they're, they're coming right at the at the right time of the season. So it's it's scary because West Coast are a bloody good team when they're up and going. So um, I think the the fact that they're you know the grand final is not going to be in WA may hurt them, but I think they're they're still a massive chance for the flag if they can keep playing like that. Um, but the Saints, on the other hand, I mean they 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 did look good in patches, but. Still, they, they still did blow that lead late and, you know, where they, they seemed to be all over West Coast and um, they just couldn't finish the game off. So, I mean, they should still play finals, St Kilda, but I think it's, they you know, some results may have to go their way or, or against them for them to miss out. So, um, I think they should still make it. And I think they're still good enough to, to play finals. It's just a few lapses in their games have, have cost them this season, but... Yeah, they're de- definitely still good enough to play finals for sure. Um, but I, like you said, I think those lapses, um, it's not gonna, it's not gonna hold up when it comes to finals footy. So I think they'll play, but to, whether or not they, you know, go far or they win a final is a different question altogether. Because you can't afford to have lapses like they did. They should have put West Coast away when they had the chance. Um, and I was pretty disappointed in them too because uh, at the time, it was kind of relying on West Coast to lose that game for Richmond to sit top four, and then. West Coast rolled them over and made our job a lot harder, but we'll get into that for the next game. <laughs> All right, let's go to the votes for that. So we gave one vote to Nick Nat, two votes to Andrew Gaff, and three votes to Tim Kelly. All right, the game on the Friday night was, yeah, your game, Geelong and Richmond at Metricon Stadium. And yeah, as we said before, the Tigers look very impressive. Very impressive. I want to know, I don't know who to contact to find out about this, but I'm actually curious whether or not they've already engraved Richmond's name on the cup for this year. Um because, I mean, it has to be a lot, doesn't it? Have a listen to you. <laughs> uh, no, I'm very excited, obviously. Um, <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was great. Um, you know, Geelong were the heavy favourites going into this game. And even I thought Geelong would get us. I didn't think we'd topple Geelong the way they've been. I mean, it did help very much that Gary Rowan was a laid out, I thought, because it gave Dylan Grimes the ability to cut across and um, help Noah Bolter stop Tom Hawkins. He only kicked the one for the night, and he's been so dominant, as we've seen. So... Definitely not writing Geelong off because, you know, from one loss, it doesn't define them. And I think they're going to be a very, very dangerous threat comes final series. But I think Richmond have also found a way to, you know, remind the AFL that they're still a powerhouse club. Not that, you know, I know that a lot of people would have thought they're not, but I think, you know, a few poor performances, um, things like that, especially the loss to Port. I think we really needed this win um, to sort of prove our spot. And we did just that. So I was very happy. And our back line was superb, I thought, over the weekend. I don't know if you caught much of it, but... How good was Dylan Grimes? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Um, I think this is... I know Richmond just seems to stand up in these big games, don't they? I mean, Geelong were probably the most informed team in the competition going into this game and and you've absolutely dismantled them. So I think, yeah, Richmond, you just know when to peak at the right time. You've done it over the last three seasons um, and yeah, it looks no different this season. It looks, looks very similar to what you guys have been doing, well, especially last season as well, where you just came good at the right time and... Um, yeah, you know, your, your better players are starting to play really good footy now as well. You know, Jack Real was starting to hit form. Um, as you said, Dylan Grimes is really good as well. So, yeah, it's scary. Definitely scary for the rest of the well, the rest of the finals teams. Um, but yeah, I think I think you guys are favourites now, aren't you? With the bookies, anyway. Yeah, with the bookies, it was funny as soon as the final siren went. It was funny to see how quickly it changed from Geelong to Richmond. But <laughs> in in my eyes. I still think it's um, I still think it's the Cats just because they've still got Gary Ablett, Joel Selwood, Gary Rowan that didn't play again. They've still got a lot of names that come back. So 
I mean, as hard as it is to say, I still think the Cats are probably, are probably should be sitting favourites, although in saying that, Richmond's got a couple out as well, um, yet to come back, like Shane Edwards, Prestia, Asprey, et cetera. So yep. exciting, but the win didn't come without a cost, though. We lost Ivan Soldo to an ACL, and due to the delayed season, you'd probably presume he'd miss all of next year now, which is sad for the big Ruckman. Um, and then Tom Lynch with a slight hamstring injury, he should only miss the one game, but... You know, you want to play all the games you can leading up in the finals just to have um, some run in your legs. So it'll be interesting to see how, how that goes. Well, that, that pre-finals buy will probably help Richmond. Will, will, will definitely help Tom Lynch, I think, which uh, which is probably a blessing for you guys anyway. Yeah, Rich um, and Prestia. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly right. So, And then well, Shane Edwards isn't far off too, is he? He should he should be back this week. He's training with the boys. He's back in the hub training and yep. everything. Um, so, I mean, unless they don't pick him, which he'd be crazy not to, he'll play against the Crows this weekend, which is yep. exciting. So, yeah, it's all happening for the Togs. And, yeah, definitely my tip for the flag at, at this stage anyway. Um, all right, let's go to the votes for that game. Gave one vote to Tom Stewart, two votes to Jack Rewalt, and three votes to Dylan Grimes. The game on the Saturday afternoon was between North Melbourne and Frio. Um, and, yeah, as we said last week, very hard game to build up in terms of what the teams have to play for. But Frio absolutely continuing on with their, with their pretty solid form and they've Absolutely smashed North Melbourne by ten goals in a shortened game, which is which is very very concerning for North. Um, and they just look like they just want the season to end. And and Frio, on the other hand, just wanted to keep going, don't they? They probably wouldn't mind a few extra weeks because they yeah. you, if the season went for a few extra weeks, if there was twenty three rounds, they'd probably play finals this year. You'd think. Yeah. Um, they're in some flying form, and they're going to be pretty scary next year. I feel with another preseason under them, the way they're going. Um, Really exciting. I mean, and Jesse Hogan finding some form late in the season. I think he kicked four on the weekend, which is good for the big man after probably having a few disappointing weeks. So, um, like some other teams, it's all coming together at the, um, I'd say at the right time, but Freo aren't going to play finals. But the pointy end of the season, Freo are starting to put some good footy together. And compared to where they were early on, you wouldn't have expected them to be where they are now. Yeah, they've just been super consistent. Um, even, even in their losses, they, you know, they've been right in the games and they've played pretty good footy. So, um, yeah, that, that's a massive tick for Frio this season and um, give their supporters a lot to be happy about and a lot to be positive about heading into next season. So, um, yeah, they've had a really good season. Um, votes for that game. We gave one vote to Michael Walters, two votes to Blake Akers and three votes to Jesse Hogan. Uh, the late game on the Saturday was between Port Adelaide and Essendon at Adelaide Oval. Um, and, yeah, again, as we said last week, Definitely a percentage boosting opportunity for Port, and, and they got that with a with a huge win um, against a yeah a really really struggling Essendon team who just yeah they 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 want the season to end and they're just not playing with a lot of spirit at the moment and um, you know to only score four goals in this game was was pretty bad and um, but on the other hand yeah Port Porter I feel like Porter going under the radar even though they're they're gonna, probably going to finish on top they're still going under the radar as well so. Probably good for them. Um, you know, probably less pressure on them going into the finals, but um, they're, they're coming really good now and um, looking very ominous going into the finals, aren't they? Very much so. Ken Hinckley said it in a presser. Um, I'm not sure if it was this week or last, but he said, I don't know what more we have to do to prove to you guys that we're a good team because they're sitting on top of the ladder. They have been since round one, I think. So they're definitely going to be a threat, especially with the home final that they've guaranteed now. Um, they're going to be a threat. Um, come August. I was about to say come September, but we're already there. Come October, they're definitely going to be a threat. But yeah, I know I know we give Essendon a lot of stick on this podcast, and that's you know it's all tongue in cheek. But 
definitely some issues down there the Bombers want to get sorted out. I think the biggest thing is they don't really have much of an identity on field in terms of, you know, when you talk about, oh, I'm going to use us as an example, but when you talk about Richmond, you know, we play that um, pressure footy, that, that surging football. It's a bit more, it's a bit of chaos ball almost. We just surge it forward as quickly as we can. And that's sort of our style is when you try to describe Essendon's style of footy, they don't really have one. Um, and I think they've got the talent. They've traded in some, you know, some good players, some All-Australians, this and that. They've got the talent. They just can't seem to put it together. So a big off-season for them and especially with the coaching change, which I think we're touching on a little bit later. But um, I think they're going to have to have a big off-season and really look at themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, they're, 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 a lot of pressure is coming on, a lot of scrutiny is coming on to the Bombers, which is fair enough. I mean, I'll, we'll get into it a bit later with um, with our spot on away off segment, but, you know, the the coaching succession plan that they've got is is a bit of a joke. And, um, you know, I feel like John Worsfold's been, you know, asked all the hard-hitting questions in the press conferences and everything, and, he, and he's not really coaching the team. So it's, it's a bit of a shit show there at the moment. And, um, yeah, a lot of Essendon supporters do agree with that uh, that off-spoken too. So um, they definitely want the season 10 and I think they really want to get stuck into to next season with Ben Rutten and having a proper, you know, just the one senior coach there. So, um, yeah, but, yeah, it's definitely been a very disappointing season for us and considering who they've got in their team, the way they've traded in high-end talent to play finals and win, win a premiership. So it's very concerning for them and, um yeah, again, another team that just wants the season to end. Well, considering how they started too, I think all of us forget how well Essendon started the year. They were they did. in flying form. I mean, it was actually kind of scary for some clubs like Richmond and Carlton that kind of hate Essendon and all that, and then watching yeah. them surge the way they were early. Um, I mean, look, you can put this season down to a lot of pretty important injuries that they've had for some key players. But yeah. like I said, there's, there's a lot more issues going on at Essendon than just on field. Um, I think you need all those sorted out before a club can really start being successful. And it shows with a lot of other clubs that have had success recently. It's all all areas of the club are ticking. So I think that's what they're going to have to work on this offseason. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's go to the votes for that game. We have one vote to Travis Boak, two votes to Ollie Wines, and three votes to Tom Rockliffe, who is having a very underrated season. Um, ever since he got dropped, he's, uh, he's playing some really good footy. All right, Saturday night. The game between GWS and Melbourne at the Gabba. And this was an absolute nail biter, wasn't it? Melbourne just getting over the line in a, a huge it was it was a massive game for both teams. And um, you know, the winner was more more than likely gonna play finals and the loser was, you know, more than likely gonna miss out. So this is huge and the D's just got over the line. They got the job done. It wasn't pretty, but, you know, a win's a win, especially this time of the year when they really needed it. And like you said, both teams desperately needed to win this game and I mean, from watching it as well, I think, I know it was close in the end, but it just looked like Melbourne wanted it more for more of the game from what, from what I felt. Um, GWS, you know, obviously was still good to keep themselves in it, but it was like one of the most exciting games of the round purely because of the intensity around it. You knew what it, you knew what was on the line. I think the players knew what was on the line. Um, but Melbourne were obviously too good in the end and they, they, you know, they, they were good up forward. They shared the love. There was about nine different goal scorers for Melbourne, which is good that they're not relying on just the one or two guys to kick kick all their goals. So um, positive signs to them going forward, but they're not quite there yet. They're still going to win um, this weekend, but not definitely positive for them. And I think the Giants have got some serious question marks around them. Um, I'm, I'm sure you agree, but uh, to go from where they were last year um, or where they've been the last four years playing prelims, um, you know, grand finals, etc. this is a really disappointing season for the Giants. 
Yeah, um, huge, hugely underachieving for them. Um, they, yeah, obviously, obviously, as you said, they, they made the grand final last season, and then the issues that they've had on field, off field this season with you know that they had their captain Stephen Canelia get dropped for this game, and um, you know what sort of messages does that send to the rest of the team? And um, they've got a number of key players out of contract who haven't signed on yet, and you know they're in danger of losing a lot of them. So. This could be them really falling off a cliff now. They've probably missed their window. Um, you know, they made, was it two, three prelims in a row, then finally made the grand final and then got smashed in that. So this could be really, this could really be the Giants falling off the cliff, I think. If they don't make finals here, what, what, that, what that's going to do for the group. So, yeah, very concerning for them and um, massive fall from grace. Um, but you could say that about Melbourne. You know, they obviously fell off a cliff in 2019, but they've slowly, slowly, slowly sort of worked their way up from it. Um, I mean, they couldn't get any worse, could they? But um, <laughs> they've slowly worked their way up from it. And, you know, they if results go their way this this weekend, then they, they could be playing finals this year. So well, They're clawing their way back, the Ds. They're clawing their way back. Um, but then in saying that as well, uh, the Melbourne was pretty poor before they made that prelim. Yeah, because I think the Giants. So you can put it down to it. Not you don't want to say a fluke, but it was almost a fluke that they made it there. But then the Giants had those three years of playing prelims and deep, like they've had the experience. Like there's almost yeah. no excuse yeah. at that point um, for them to drop off. But just quickly, I want to touch on the Canelio dropping. I think I know the message I was trying to send was that nobody's safe if you don't play your role. But that can't be a good look for the players and think, knowing that their captain's been dropped. Like. That's going to be important, especially with a game that's so just you so desperately need to win. That that can't be sending like the players couldn't have taken that the right way. Absolutely not. That's that's not a good look, especially yeah, as you said in a massive game against a team who you pretty much you're both playing for the same position. Um, it's yeah, it, it's it's not great. And you know he obviously was a nominated captain at the end of the last season, signed a seven year deal. You know loves the club. Yeah, it's it's not great. It's not a great look and. Um, I think there's a bit of disharmony going on there at the Giants at the moment. Yeah, you know, Leon Cameron did sign on for another two years only the other week, so um, not sure where they're at. They're in a bit of no man's land at the moment. But um, yeah, if they, if they lose a lot of their players at the end of the season, then I think their their time is done and they might need to start again. So, but anyway, we'll uh, we'll go to the votes for that game. Um, we gave one vote to Josh Kelly, two votes to Max Gorn. Three votes to Christian Salem. Sunday afternoon, it was the game between Carlton and Adelaide at Metricon Stadium. <laughs> oh boy, this was always going to happen, wasn't it? Oh, look, I know, I know, you were saying, you know, you wouldn't be surprised, but this really did surprise me. I didn't, I didn't see this coming as much as, um, you know, you're saying it was predictable. I, yeah, I didn't see this coming. I was very surprised and. I'm not sure what to make from it. I mean, I know you've got a lot to say, so I'll let you go ahead. But, yeah, I'm not really sure what to take away from this game. It just shocked me. It's just what pisses me off and what pisses every single Carlton supporter off is that we have we were still a chance to play finals. We we beat Adelaide if we and we, if we beat them well and got our percentage up, we were absolutely a chance to still play finals, especially with, with Melbourne beating GWS and um, a couple other results going our way. Um, we were still a chance. And then to be 45 points down to the worst team this season in the second quarter 
and not kick our first goal until halfway through the second quarter is absolutely disgusting and fucking pathetic. Um, and and to see you know Bryce Gibbs dominate in his final game and look like he was just running around doing his own thing, like the players were just letting him do that because they used to be mates with him, and was hard to watch. Um, and it just there's just no passion though. The players look like they play with absolutely no passion. Um, you know, they, the players talk about, you know, when they, they miss the Carlton Army. And, you know, the, they say that they were the most passionate supporters in the game, but they, they don't play like they they have any passion for the jumper. Um, you know, if, if they were half as passionate as the supporters are, then we'd, that actually show something. So um, it's it's yeah, it's really concerning. And um, I mean, like it's and then to see Bryce Gibbs get carried off by Kate Simpson and Mark Murphy. I mean, like, it's it would have been fine if we won, but it's not a great look to see him laughing and smiling altogether after a very, very disappointing loss, probably the worst loss of the season for us. And, yeah, it just feel like there's just not a lot of passion there. It's, I mean, especially, you know, Mark Murphy, Kate Simpson, two old-timers um, who, especially Cade, who's now retired, it could have been his last chance to play finals, it's yeah, it's sort of great look, um, and we just we we don't have enough mongrel in the team to to really you know be really like we we want to see players pissed off with a loss like that. Um, you know, I think probably Cripps is probably the only one that I really see it from where he genuinely is pissed off about certain things. So it's I don't know, it's it's tough to take. Um, I think we're all just fed up with the. Yeah, mediocrity, I guess. I mean, 2020 is probably a tick for us overall, but there's still these games that we've dropped and they're just disgusting and lapses in, in games. I think this is the 17th game under David Teague where we've conceded five goals in a row to a team, which is just not good enough. Um, so, yeah, that's my two cents. And um, speak to any other Carlton supporter and they'll say the exact same thing. So it's, yeah, the thing is now we just need to, now that Cade Simpson's retired, we need to show something against Brisbane next week and and put in a better performance in that and really honour honor the career that he's been in. And I did say Cripps is probably the only one that shows passion. Cade Simpson, apart from his smiling and laughing last week again with Gibbs, he's the one that, that bleeds for the jumper as well. So we need, to, we need to give something next week for him and, and for Cruz as well. So two worries of the club. Um, and just play with a bit more passion. That's all, that's all us Carlton supporters ask for. No, big time. I'm glad you touched on the uh, on them carrying him off, Gibbs getting carried off by two Carlton players and the smiling and laughing, et cetera, et cetera, because I actually wanted to know how you felt about that. So I'm glad you did touch on that because I was trying to put myself in the same position and think of it was someone that used to play for Rich. I, I put I put Delidio in that spot. If we had to carry Delidio off, would I have been upset? And watching um, Terry Degani's channel, Blue Abroad, who we've interviewed on here before, I saw a lot of passionate Carlton supporters furious that, Gibbs got carried off because at the end of the day, he left to chase, you know, he went. He said he left to go home, but part of the reason would have been to chase success. Adelaide were good at the time that he wanted to leave. Um, so, I mean, there was no need for Carlton to do any favours. I think personally, I wouldn't have minded if I saw, you know, maybe Simo or Murph and then an Adelaide player, so one from each team. But I think, yeah, like you said, to see both carrying him off and the laughing, it sends the wrong message, especially to the, you know, like you said, Carlton are one of the most passionate supporter bases in the league and to see your players laughing after a loss, a loss like that as well when finals are still on the line. Um, 
yeah, I, I can understand why that would be disappointing. And, um, and like you said, Crips was really one of the only ones. Crips, Simo were probably the only ones that looked like they were bleeding for that jumper. Um, I mean, Crips missed that easy set shot, but then he pulls out goal of the year five minutes later. So mm. incredible. But, yeah, I think Crips, Crips and, like you said, Simo, it's going to be interesting next week how they all play, especially for, you know, uh, Cruiser and, yeah, Simo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if, like as I said, if, if we won that game and we're carrying off Gibbs, completely fine. Like, love it. But I don't know, I just feel like I feel like that loss should really really piss you off as a player. Um, I mean, you, you can laugh and, you know, carry on after the game, away from the cameras, have a beer with him after the game. That's fine. Or they're his two best mates, so you've got plenty of time to do that. Um, it just doesn't – it's not a good look for, for Carlton supporters that have been through so much over 20 years. And to finally be close to playing finals again and to dish up a performance like that and um, and then to see players laughing and smiling after the game, it's not a great look. So, anyway, that's that's how we all feel. And it's um, – yeah, it's a bit it's – it's pretty shitty. But, um, yeah, I know. It's – 2021 is a massive, massive season now. We have to play finals. There's no other choice. So, we are kind of look look to them now. Now that finals is out of reach, so um, but we'll go to the votes for that game. And surprisingly, no Carlton players get a vote. So we gave one vote to Matt Crouch, two votes to Bryce Gibbs, and three votes to Lockie Scholl. Uh, the other game on the Sunday was between Hawthorne and the Bulldogs at Adelaide Oval, and the Dogs are starting to find some form now, heading into the finals. I think they're probably the odds-on favourite to finish eighth. I'd reckon. Um, especially with GWS and Melbourne being so up and down, I think the Bulldogs are are ready to take it. And um, you know they had a pretty convincing win over the Hawks, didn't they? They did. They did. They look like the only team that really wants to finish eighth at the moment. I know we said only a week ago, you know, who wants to finish eighth because it doesn't look like anybody does. But the Dogs really do look like they want that spot. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm sure Melbourne and GWS do as well. But the Dogs are really playing like they do. Um, You'd say they'll finish eighth now. It's a lot more realistic. Although it did come off with a um, – Toby McLean was taken off very early in the game with, you know, another ACL for the round, mm. which is disappointing to see. Um, ACL is one of those injuries that you hate to see. I mean, you hate to see a player miss any amount of game time, but you know ACL is at least a year that you're yeah. going to be missing. And that's the mental state of a player and all the rest of it. And even your teammates going into that, knowing that, you know, they've lost a soldier for another year, it's not good, but – the dogs carried on with the job. They got what they did, what they had to do to, um, you know, try and lock in that final spot. And I think they'll be playing there. And they're going to be very dangerous if they do, because when the dogs are at their best, they're quite scary. Um, yeah, go. On. What were you about to say? Yeah, I was going to say that. Like they're, they're just a very unpredictable team. Um, you know, their, their best is very good, uh, and then their worst is is pretty bad. So I think, I think any team that gets the Bulldogs in the finals would be pretty nervous. So. Um, yeah, well, I think we we're talking about that up before before we started the podcast. And you said you don't want to play Bulldogs first up because yeah, you just don't know what they're going to bring. And um, when they do bring it, they're pretty good. So, um, but yeah, I think we'll, we'll see this round. I think they're yeah, they're, I think for me, they'll finish eight. That have to be a pretty big uh, choke for them not to finish in that spot. I reckon so. Um, and they, they play who oh, they play Freo this week. So that's no, that's no no sure thing for them either. So if they drop that. And Melbourne win, Melbourne go in. But, yeah, they just need to beat Freo. They beat Freo, they're there. Exactly right. And I think I think they will. I think they've just got more on the line than Freo do. Although, like yeah. we said before, Freo in some fantastic form. But 
dogs just have more to play for and I think they are a passionate club so I don't think they're going to um you know let let that go easily so they'll definitely I think they'll be getting the win for that one for sure yeah. um against Freo next week but in saying that as well with the Hawks um another side probably happy to see the season end I know they're looking at moving forward probably getting you know two older players retired uh, which kind of surprised me considering Sean Burgoyne signed on he's what is he 37 now I would have thought that maybe they would have asked him to move on as well, considering they're trying to what the path they're probably going to try and look to go down next year. Um, what, do you, what were your thoughts on the Hawks? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're another team that just wants the season to win as well. Um, and then, yeah, the, the Sean Burgoyne thing was a bit baffling for mine, but um, I think Hawthorne have come out and said that he's going to go into a coaching role pretty much straight away. So that's what that kept him on for, which which makes sense. Um, but, yeah, he's another one that's just been around for for. A century it feels like so um and yeah the hawks are going in a different direction now they're going to start blooding some youth and you know you've already seen a couple of retirees so um but yeah Bergon will hopefully get the proper send-off that he deserves next season and um have one last crack at it but um yeah the hawks are i think they're, they're slowly starting to see now that they uh they do need to rebuild and, and um really start blooding some youngsters so they're definitely at that stage of their their development um, there are the votes for that game. We gave one vote to Tom Liberatore, two votes to Marcus Bontempelli, and three votes to Caleb Daniel. Game on the Sunday night was between Sydney and Brisbane at Kazali Stadium in Cairns. Uh, it was a pretty good game, this one. Again, it was wet up in Cairns. It's just every game that they've played in Cairns, it's been wet. So very tropical up there at the moment. Um, but it was pretty close up until uh, yeah, up until the last quarter where Brisbane were able to kick away a little bit. Um, but Sydney put in a really good showing, um, now led by Luke Parker and, and Josh Kennedy, who were quite dominant. Um, and, yeah, Brisbane's big names didn't really get going, but they were still good enough to, to get the job done and um, look like they're going to finish top two. Yeah, well, that speaks wonders for the... Lions players as a whole that their best players don't have to be on for them to still win games um, which is probably scary for other teams in the comp but they've probably locked in that top two spot you'd imagine now um, and almost almost without without their, their star player and probably future Brownlow medalist Lucky Neil there was a bit of worry there that he might have been suspended um, I personally thought there was nothing in it it was a one motion tackle um, he was out the ball but you know hard to see that but yeah, there could have been without him. Bit of a scare there, but he's gotten off, which is good for Lions fans and definitely looking primed and ready heading into uh, October. Yeah, I mean, that's two seasons in a row now that they'll uh, finish the home and away season in in the top two, which is which is great considering where they came from um, you know, a couple of years before that. So it's uh, a big jump for them and yeah, they've definitely established themselves as, as one of the better teams in the competition now, that's for sure. Um, all right, we'll go to the votes for that game. We gave one vote to Daniel Rich, two votes to Josh Kennedy, and three votes to Luke Parker. Game on the Monday night was between Collingwood and the Gold Coast at the Gabba. And, geez, it was nervous times for Collingwood. This game was pretty close um, and quite late as well. Um, it took a bit of magic from from Dugowie, who was back from injury. And um, oh, how good is he, by the way? He, he, he's one of those players that, I don't like purely because of how good he is. And that's probably the only reason why any place for Collingwood. But yeah. he is so he, he looked like he hadn't missed a game. He looked like he had been playing all season. He could have kicked six or seven goals. He missed yeah. a couple as well. We gotta remember that. And he was everywhere. And I think 
Collingwood have probably aren't being considered a threat at the moment, but even Trelaw coming back was massive. He had a really good game himself and with the goey the way he's playing. Watch out for Collingwood come finals, I think. I think they're going to be a lot better than people are picking them to be. Um, although in saying that, like you said, it was a lot, it was probably too close for comfort against Gold Coast who aren't playing finals. So you could have that argument. But um, another person I'm not a big fan of who actually quite, played quite well was... Mason Cox, unfortunately. He, uh, fuck, he's smug, isn't he? Oh, he's, he's so smug. He kicked that goal and he's getting yeah. chirpy. I thought, mate, you don't have the repertoire to start getting no. twerp, uh, twerpy. Start getting, um, you know, yeah, it's it's not on. I, I, I can't stand him, but he played well. That goal that he kicked on the run where he took a bounce was pretty good, wasn't it? How did they not catch him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's honestly like someone driving in a golf cart and someone chasing him in a Ferrari. That's honestly <laughs> the speed difference between Mason Cox and the defender, and he still somehow got away and kicked that goal. And I give him to give it, got to give it to him. It was a pretty nice kick. A lot of people can't kick on the run, and he said that they could. But I don't know if we've spoken about this on air before, but I know I've said it before that I think the players that come into AFL later in their lives have a nicer kicking motion than players that have played their whole lives purely because they're kicking the way you're taught to kick. As a kid, you don't develop your own style of kicking like most players do when they've played from a young age. So their kicking is very uh, very structured, and I think yeah. it's a very straight kick. Like a lot of the guys that haven't played much footy have very straight kicks, and you see it with cops. He can't kick far, but with most of his set shots, he's usually pretty accurate, yeah. um, I hate to say. It just He doesn't take many marks, and for someone that's seven foot tall, you should be marking everything that comes your way, considering his hand is the size of a tennis racket. Um, <laughs> you should probably mark everything, but he played well on the weekend, and... I can't knock him for that. Um, yeah, and I guess some other big news as well. Pendles equaled Collingwood's all-time game record. Um, he's such a soldier. But surprising, he had no touches in the first quarter yeah. at all. So interesting for him, but he definitely made up for the rest of the game. Um, yeah, do you have any thoughts on that? I just rambled on a bit there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, yeah, completely agree. Um, yeah, it was probably that was Mason. I don't want to say it, but that was probably Mason Cox's best game since the 2018 prelim one. Yeah, don't you reckon? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it had to have been. It had to have been. That was the pre- 2018 prelim was the only game he actually marked the ball. So yeah, that's true. But no, he, he was he was really good. Um, yeah, obviously Dugowie back was was huge, and Adam Trelaw was back as well, and he just just finds a footy with ease. Um, so I think they get some. You know, they get these last couple of games into these returning stars, and I think yeah, that you can't rule out Collingwood this season. That's for sure, and they'll. They'll, uh, they'll make an impact in the finals if they can have all their players fit. So look out for them. Um, but the votes for that game, we have one vote to Took Miller, two votes to Adam Trelaw, and three votes to Jordan Dugowie. And that is round 17 all done. Um, yeah, as we said, a lot of big games um, and a lot of games with um, massive consequences. So, um, And, yeah, round 18 starts on Thursday night. So the frenzy is over. There's a, a few days break between rounds and... Um, the final round of the season, round 18, starts Thursday night. It's North Melbourne and West Coast at Metricon Stadium. Um, again, it's the tough one to to make a case for in terms of an entertainment value point of view, but um, West Coast just need a win if they want to finish top four. Um, it's out of their hands, but, you know, if they win and Richmond lose, they're in, but um, I can't see West Coast losing this one. I'm not even going to try and mount a case for North. No, I, w- I wish I could. I wish I had more to say about it, but no. <laughs> what, what, 
North have no case for to stand for here. Um, Eagles will win this one, and I guess I'll just hope fate falls into their hands in terms of finishing top four. But I think West Coast, I could be wrong, but I think West Coast, same as the Victorian teams, if they do finish fifth, they'll get a choice of where they play their home finals. So, I mean, that helps a little bit. It won't be in Perth, obviously, but it helps a little bit. Um, but, yeah, no, nah, they'll, they'll win this game, and like I said, they'll just wait and see what happens with the rest of the games. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, yeah, West Coast, very comfortably there for mine. Um, Friday night, we've got St Kilda and GWS at the Gabba. Um, yeah, huge, huge game. More more big for... Yeah, no, I'd, say, I'd, I'd definitely say this is bigger for St Kilda. Um, you know, GWS, geez, they will need a lot to go right for them to make finals. But, yeah, the Saints need to win this. They can't drop this, um, especially... I, even if they do lose, they're probably they can probably still they'll probably still finish in the eight. But in terms of their confidence going into finals and winning form, they need to win this. Um, and I think yeah, I think a lot of questions will come on St Kilda if they do drop this. Um, they've done a lot right this season, and they can't really afford to drop off now. So I think they win. I think they win. They'll bounce back after last week and um, find some form heading into heading into October. Yeah, I have to agree. St Kilda take this one for mine. Um, to be fair, though, the position they're in at the moment, um, they've put themselves in that position with so many close losses this year that they probably should have won. So I think they'll make the most of this opportunity, lock in a final spot and, um, yeah, go from there. I think they'll win quite comfortably. Yeah. All right, Saturday afternoon, we've got Essendon and Melbourne at Metricon Stadium. Um, and, yeah, another huge game for Melbourne. They just simply have to beat Essendon. They have to beat them. And... They beat Essendon and the Bulldogs lose. Melbourne are in. So, huge game for Melbourne. But it would be such a Melbourne thing to do if they lost this game, wouldn't it? Yeah, it really would be. It really <laughs> would be. Um, when, the, when the heat and the pressure's on them, they can't handle the heat in the kitchen sometimes. And uh, that's what this is. So, I'm still going to tip them. I still think that they'll, they should win this game. I think they will win this game. Um, especially with all the controversy going on at Essendon at the moment. That You don't know where the players' headspaces are all at. Um, they don't really have anything to play for at this point other than just, you know, for the sake of getting a win. But I think Melbourne have more on the line. Um, they look pretty desperate against the Giants last week. So I think they'll get the job done. Yeah. Yeah, I think Melbourne, for me, they've just got too much to play for. And they'll get over an Essendon team of, yeah, who have been very poor lately. Um, Saturday night, Adelaide and Richmond, Adelaide Oval. Woo-hoo. Adelaide are coming off three wins in a row. You worried? Yeah, I actually am. I actually am worried because, well, for starters, they're in pretty good form at the moment. They're playing all right. Um, I'm not sure of the team lineup yet. I'm worried Rich, Richmond will risk resting a couple of older players like Cochin or something like that, you know, coming into finals, um, which would hurt. And then Adelaide Oval has been, been a pretty difficult place for Richmond to win at the last couple of years. So I know we got a good win over Port last year, but we haven't had a lot of success there. So Nervous times, but Shane Edward should be back into the lineup, as I mentioned earlier. So that's a positive for the Tigers. And I think the fact that we need to win this game to finish top four um, and probably secure a first final against the Gabba at the Lions, who we do have a good record against. Against the Gabba, <laughs> you said. What's that? You said against the Gabba at the Lions. Did I say against the Gabba yeah. at the Lions? Well, yeah. I meant that. Um, yeah. I'm standing by that. <laughs> I'll stand by that. Um, <laughs> You know what I meant? Uh, yeah, so yeah. I think, I mean, I, I can't mount a case for Adelaide in this game, but I am a little bit worried. I do think the Tigers will win. I think they'll win quite comfortably. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I think oh, I think the Tigers, yeah, you just got too much to play for. And as good as Adelaide have been the last three weeks, so just, yeah, like, this will be 
too much for them. And I think, yeah, Richmond will win and lock yourselves in for a top four finish. Saturday night, we've got Brisbane and Carlton at the Gabba. And yeah, as we said earlier, it's uh, Kate Simpson's last game. So um, yeah, hopefully the Blues can can send him off well and send him off the way he deserves to be sent off, which is, um, yeah, by giving their absolute everything for it. And, you know, it's going to be hard for the Blues to get up, but um, as long as they show something and um, play with a lot of effort and pride, that's all we ask for as a Carlton fan. So, but in saying that, yeah, Carlton do need to respond after a pretty bad loss last week. Now that their season's done, um, they, you know, they've complied with a bit of freedom and, and just go out there and, and, um, and try upset Brisbane and, um, cause a bit of disturbance up at the top end of the ladder. So, but can't see Brisbane dropping this with, um, yeah, with finals around the corner and with them trying to go in with some winning form. So I think Brisbane will, will still get up for this one, regardless of um, the Simpson farewell game. Simpson and Cruiser farewell game as well, we should remember, because they still haven't sent Cruiser off properly. I mean, I know he's not playing, but um, it'll be the last sort of, Game that is around, you'd imagine, for the Blues. But, yeah, no, nah, I still think Brisbane will win this game. Um, they're fine-tuning themselves for finals at the moment. It's at their home ground. Everything's just working in their favour at the moment. So, yeah, still Brisbane for mine. Yeah. Sunday afternoon, we've got Hawthorne and Gold Coast at Adelaide Oval. Um, yeah, both teams aren't really playing for much anymore. Just looking to finish off the season now. Um, yeah, Gold Coast have I've had a pretty good season. You'd definitely say it's a tick for them, considering um, where they've come from. So, They've definitely improved this season and um, I think they'll they'll get the job done here over the Hawthorne team who are limping towards the finish line and have been pretty disappointing um, where the Gold Coast have actually looked pretty good the last couple of weeks. So I think Gold Coast will win this one and, um, and yeah, we'll signal an end for both these teams in, in 2020. I think it'll be a decent contest. I think Hawthorne seeing off a couple of premiership heroes, you know, might, might ignite a little bit of passion within them. But yeah, I'm... Same as you, the Gold Coast Suns have been too impressive this year. Um, probably lost a couple of games that could have won, and who knows, finals, you know, earlier in the season, it was looking like it was going to be a possibility. So um, I think they'll definitely win this and uh, cap off another, well, their first probably impressive season they've had since being in the league. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the other game on the Sunday is Sydney and Geelong at Metricon Stadium. Um, and the Cats just, yeah, they just need to bounce back after their loss last week um, and get some winning form heading into the finals and, but Sydney have been pretty impressive lately as well. They've, they've finished off the season quite well and um, it's not going to be an easy game for Geelong, but I still think they'll they'll get the job done and they might have some potential begins this week as well. With you know, Gary Ablett's rejoined the group um, after the the little quarantine hub that he was in and um, and Joel Salwood is potentially back as well. So I can't say Sydney winning this and Geelong will uh, fine-tune themselves heading into heading into the finals. Yeah, I think Geelong's going to walk all over the Swans heading into the finals. And like you said, Selwood was probably, he was in consideration to play against the Tigers last week. So you'd almost lock him in to play this week. And same as Ablett, um, perfect game to get some game game time into his legs. So you'd think they're both coming back. Um, yeah, I can't really mount much of a case for the Swans. I think Geelong have got this one fairly comfortably. Yeah. Uh, the late game on the Sunday is between Frio and the Bulldogs at Kazali Stadium in Cairns. And, as we said before, it's not going to be an easy game for the Dogs. Um, they just need to win this, though. If they want to finish eighth, they must win this, especially if Melbourne beat Essendon. Um, so they'll already know the result of that, which will make this game even bigger for them. So, um, But 
as we've said, Freo have been very impressive, um, especially over the last, you know, six to eight weeks. So um, it's going to be a pretty good game. And, um, you know, if, if the weather is going to be the same it has, as it has been in Cairns lately, it's uh, it's going to be wet and, and it's probably going to tighten the game up a bit. So I think it's going to be a really tight contest, but I think the Bulldogs, just with what they're playing for, I think they'll get the job done there. Who do you think the wet weather suits better? Probably Freo. I mean, like the Bulldogs love that quick, fast game, don't they, where they handball and handball. So um, I think if it does rain, it's going to suit Freo a bit. But I still think just with what they've got to play for, they'll they'll find a way to get over the line, the dogs, I think. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I think they'll, they'll win it. Yeah, no, I agree. I think the dogs as well. Um, it will be interesting to see how Dewey gets up there. But I think the dogs for mine, um, like you said, too much to play for. Um, but just on the dewiness of the grounds as well, I think we might have touched on it before, but in Queensland, even at the Gabba and a Metricon, at night, it has been quite dewy up there because of, I guess, the tropical weather they do have. Do you think that's going to be an issue come grand final time, that the grand final is going to be played at night? Um, the spectacle might not be what you want it to be just purely because of the wet, slippery footy that it might be, which mm. you don't get on a Saturday afternoon, middle of spring at the MCG. Yeah, I, th- I generally think that's it's a massive possibility that that's going to happen on grand final night. Um, I think the, yeah, the AFL have come out and said uh, there shouldn't be too many issues with it, but uh, I think they're just playing it down, to be honest. I think it, I think it, I think it's almost a guarantee that it's going to be joy. It's going to be, well, it's another month, another five, six weeks away, isn't it? So um, the weather's only getting warmer. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a joy game. And, yeah, it's, it's probably going to take away from the spectacle of it. Um, but... I think we'll all be happy that there is a grand final being played this year and um, it can be a very unique one away from Melbourne and, and at night. So, but yeah, definitely agree that yeah, it will be dewy and I think it's, uh, it'll definitely, yeah, it'll definitely take the shine away from the, from the contest, that's for sure. Yeah, I think like you said, any grand final this year will be a good grand final. So, yeah, especially if it's featuring the Tigers. But anyway, move on, next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the final game of the season is on Monday night between Collingwood and Port Adelaide at the Gabba. Um, both sides finals bound, so they'll just both be looking to fine-tune themselves for the finals. And Collingwood will just want to get some minutes in, into their returning stars um, and just try to play them into form. So, yeah, be interesting one. But, yeah, Port... Port need a win if they want to, you know, really guarantee a top two spot or, or guarantee that minor premiership. So um, they'll be looking to do that. And yeah, as we said, with Collingwood, they just want to get some minutes into their stars and um, fine tune them for fine tune their form heading into in, heading into the first week of the final. So it's going to be a good game this one, and um, I think Port will win just. Yeah, I think it'll be a pretty tight contest as well. Um, like I said, Collingwood, those players have got back to Goey, Trelaw, etc. Looking pretty good. They're looking pretty polished come toward come this end of the season. Um, and same as Port, you know, they've been top of the ladder all year. And I think they'll finish the season off that way with a with a win over Collingwood. Um, it'd be nice to see them do it in their prison bar jersey. <laughs> I'd love to see how Eddie felt oh. about that. If Port if Port just ran out into the ground in their prison bar jersey. It'd be fantastic, you know, wouldn't it? You know what I would love to see? I'd love to see the Port Adelaide players warm up in the prison bar jerseys. Yeah. I'd love just, to see that. Just to just to stick it to Eddie yeah. and the Pies a little bit, you know, they've made it difficult for them this year. Just, you know, they, they won't be allowed to play in it. They'll get in a lot of trouble by the AFL if they did that. But just to warm up in it would, would just yeah. be very satisfying. <laughs> just have a camera on Eddie just to see his reaction from it. It'd be great. <laughs> uh, 
Um, all right, and that is uh, that is all the games done for round eighteen, and that's all the all the games done for the home and away season. We'll obviously review round eighteen next week, but um, that is the preview done. And yeah, just can't believe that the season's already finishing up, which is uh, which is crazy. It's gone so it's gone so long, but so quick at the same time. So um, in a very unique season, it's uh, it's crazy. But we'll uh, we'll move on to our. Favorite segment and a very famous segment, which is loved by all our listeners and fans, and they're crying out for this every couple of weeks. It is spot on or way off. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. All right, well, I'll kick us off, uh, big fella. Um, Adelaide are now closer to a flag than North Melbourne. Yeah, spot on. Well, hard to say, really. I mean, they both don't look anywhere near it. But yeah, I think I think Adelaide are probably a little bit closer. There are, uh, I think the coaching support around Knicks is pretty good. Um, yeah, I'm going to say spot on, but it's a very hard one to call. I reckon it is. Um, I just think Adelaide have just shown up. They haven't just won in the last three weeks. They've actually played really, really good. So. Um, and North Melbourne just look like an absolute rabble at the moment. So it's uh, the future looks a little bit brighter for Adelaide than it does for North at the moment. So I'd, I'd say spot on for that. Uh, well, I've gone to my first one. Um, and I've had this discussion with people over the years a lot of times. But if you're, uh, if you're a Victorian um, and your team hasn't made finals, such as yourselves, you know, Carlton Supporter, you should be backing in um, backing in another Victorian club to win it. Mm. Keep the cup in Victoria. No, I'd say way off. I'd say way off. I mean, not one Victorian supporter was going for Richmond in the grand final last year. <laughs> so um, I think it's, I think it depends who it is. I think it yeah. depends who the team is. Um, you know, as a Carlton supporter, I probably won't be supporting Richmond. Um, but, you know, if it's like the Bulldogs or someone like that, maybe you get a random. But, no, nah, I'd say way off. I, don't, I think it's a, it's a case-by-case thing, that one. Yeah, no, I have to agree. Because, same, same, like you just said, in 2016, I know I was all for the doggies yeah. um, to knock off the Swans. But then come 2018, there was not a single chance I was supporting Collingwood to beat West Coast. So, yeah. <laughs> especially after what they did to us in the prelims. So, I was all West Coast that day. So, yeah, no. Nah, yeah, exactly. Fair point. Um, all right. Essendon have set themselves back by doing this stupid coaching succession plan. Spot on. Essendon, Essendon should have let John Worsfold go um, last yep. year. He shouldn't have been there this year at all. Um, and come, you know, later in the season, he's done a couple of press conferences recently where he's talked about the Bombers in a way that, like, as if he wasn't there, if he, he wasn't a part of it, which, you know, and it shows in the way that they're playing. It's... He's not really their coach, but he's there and he's still having an influence. But what kind of an influence is he having? I think, yeah, it's definitely set them back. And like I said earlier, they don't have any real game style. And I think that's probably due to having two head coaches um, at the moment. So, yeah, I spot on for that one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think unnecessary to to do what they're doing at the moment. And they should, yeah, should have just given Ben Rutten the role and um, or at least have Ben Rutten you know, answer all the hard-hitting questions at the press conferences and stuff like that because I feel like Worsfold's just copying it a bit and he's not really coaching the team. So, um, yeah, spot on for mine. All right, and last one for our famous segment for this fortnight. 
and this is a bit of a controversial one, so it could go either way, but especially being the finals aren't that won't be in WA, Collingwood are the only side outside the top four that could potentially win the flag. Um, way off. I think Collingwood haven't shown enough yet to show that they can. Um, they just haven't been at their best for a while now. And I think West Coast, are, they're still a bloody good team. And I think West Coast are better than Collingwood at their best. And when both teams are at their best, sorry. So um, I think if West Coast finish fifth, then they'll be, they'll be the best placed out of that bottom half of the eight to, to win the flag for mine. Yeah. Do you think, do you think Collingwood are a better chance than the, uh, other than West Coast? Do you think they're a better chance than well, St Kilda, Bulldogs, um, who else is in there? Are the other teams in the bottom four? Yeah. Well, St Kilda I, and Bulldogs, really, I guess, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. Um, it just all depends on if they can have their players on the park, really. Um, if they can get them back and, and firing and they don't get any more injuries, I think absolutely they're probably the best out of, out of the bunch, so... But Tom will tell and we'll see what happens. You can never really write off the pies. They're, they're a great team. So, um, yeah, arguably should have should have played in the grand final last year as well. So, um, yeah, you can't write them off. And I think, yeah, I still think they're a big chance. Awesome. All right, that is a spot on a way off done for another, another week. Um, let us know on our socials what you think of it and let us know if there's any any topics you want us to bring up and for us to discuss. So, we uh, yeah, we appreciate all the feedback that comes through for that. But well, that is us us done for another episode. It's it's been good. It's been a lot to talk about. Um, business end of the season. It's always a lot going on and um, a lot of headlines, a lot of stories happening, a lot of retirement. So uh, there's plenty for us to talk about. And um, it's uh, I know I, don't, I can't speak for everyone else, but I know as a Richmond supporter, you'd be pretty pumped with uh, with the season wrapping up and getting into the, the real serious stuff now, aren't you? Yeah, it's getting to that exciting end of the season. I get, it's hard to explain. I get, you know, a bit jittery coming to this end of the year because it's so nerve-wracking. You don't know what's going to happen. So many, you're only playing quality sides from here on out. You're not playing, you know, those bottom end of the teams, bottom end of the lot of teams anymore. So very, very exciting. Although in saying that, almost sad to see footy because when finals comes around, it's exciting, but it also means footy's near coming to an end. And that's almost sad to see considering, you know, the year we've had, um, probably a bit excited for next year now when we can all go back. But, yeah, no, very excited for finals. And I think it's going to be a very interesting one considering the year um, and no home finals for some um, interstate clubs, et cetera. Yeah, for sure. I think the positive is that the off-season won't be as long this season, um, you know, with the season finishing a bit later than usual. So I think the off-season will be a bit shorter. We won't have to wait as long for the next season to roll around, which would be good. So, um but yeah, that's uh, that is us done for this episode. Um, yeah, as we say every week, make sure you leave us a review on iTunes, subscribe to us on YouTube, and, and follow us on Spotify. Yeah, we appreciate all the support, and we, we can't thank you guys enough for it. So keep it coming through, and um, yeah, share it around with your friends. And um, yeah, we none of you, all of your love and your support, it definitely doesn't go unnoticed. So we uh, we do really do appreciate it all. But uh, have a great weekend. Stay at home, wear your mask, and we hope your team wins.